Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! Welcome, welcome, welcome to this installment of Rated LGBT Radio. I am your host, Rob Watson, and today... We have another super important show with um, some really dynamic guests. We are continuing, really, our conversation that we started last week where we talked about Texas and um, its war on transgender families. Well, we're shifting locations. Uh, We are now moving it to Florida, which we did touch on a few weeks ago uh, with our guest Brandon Wolf of uh, Equality Florida. But now we're going even further to the front lines, and we are actually talking to two young people who um, were behind the massive walkout by teenagers of schools over a bill that um, critics are calling, myself included, don't say gay, uh, and the proponents are calling the parental rights in education bill. Um, the bill is, it is, first of all, it's dangerous on a lot of levels. And the part, quite frankly, that is getting the most attention in my mind is not even the bulk of the danger behind this bill. But what this bill is doing is, first of all, it is rewriting science on human sexuality and human genders, and it is putting the power of information around this in the hands of people who are ignorant to really the full set of information. Um, And the bill is dictating to schools that they may not, among other things, they may not mention anything about LGBTQ identity, uh, sexual orientation, and uh, gender identity for kids up through third grade and only by, quote-unquote, age-appropriate means for kids in the older grades in elementary school. Um, It is very vaguely written, so the schools can interpret it in a lot of heinous ways. Um, And it is very threatening because it gives the parents who feel slighted in any way really extreme um, powers in civil court to sue for huge amounts of damages, which, of course, is going to intimidate and repress teachers who feel like they might want to go up against this bill. Um, the danger is, uh, is exacerbated in my mind because the other part of the bill is that the school is responsible to not withhold any information about a child from their parents. Um, Now, they did write a caveat on there that, you know, if if the school feels that the parents are somewhat extreme or that there is a danger in revealing information about the child, that then they can have some justification for withholding that. Um, Of course, again, in vague language, that's all open for interpretation. And some other seemingly reasonable parents who have 
extreme religious beliefs um, or are vehemently anti-gay or anti-trans that uh, get wind that their child is grappling with either sexual orientation or gender identity um, will put that child in a dangerous position. And further, because I think almost every kid who grapples with that lives in the fear of how their parents are going to react, just the stress over the idea that their parents would be told on them, I think is going to add another layer of um, potential of mental illness, suicide, and danger to those kids. Um, I have to say from a personal level, and having raised two sons who are both 19 years old now um, as a gay parent, this law is mind-numbingly ridiculous. Um, My kids, when they were in preschool, you know, they went to preschool. And what happens at preschool? Your parents show up. Their parents happen to be two gay dads. So in Florida, we have to be erased. We have to be somehow nullified because if the other kids start asking why a child has two parents of the same gender, the school right now will be, or when if this bill passes, essentially made illegal to explain that to that child, um, which is repressive, it is wrong, it is going to be shame-inducing for the children of same-sex parents, um, as well as losing a very important factor. My kids, as they were growing up, and there were other kids it was just explained freely. It's like not all, not all families look the same. We happen to have two, two dads, um, you know, and they're gay, and they are romantic with each other. And the explanation didn't have to go any further than that. Well, a lot of those kids that grew up with my sons did come out in later years. They were gay. And so to have us as role models and people that they saw in their lives at that young age – made that process so much easier for them in claiming their own identities when it was time. So that's what we're talking about today, and our special guests are going to be Cameron uh, Driggers and Alyssa Vidal. They are two students, as I said, who um, are fighting this. Um, They fought it in um, a very dramatic way by helping organizing a walkout a few days ago. Um, across the state of Florida. They're also fighting their own school board, not just for this, but because of book banning um, that took place there um, or attempted. And we're going to get the full story on that as well. But before I bring them on, I do want to introduce my um, illustrious co-host, the uh, editor of the Los Angeles Blade magazine, Brody Levesque. Brody, welcome to the show. Hey, Robin. Good afternoon, good morning, or good day. I want to take a quick second and do a special shout-out to our LGBTQ brothers and sisters who are literally in the fight in Ukraine uh, to Sergei and his partner, Misha. I know that you listen to the podcast. They are on the ground in Hytrip in Ukraine um, to Vitaly and his partner in Kiev. Uh, to Stanislav uh, and Denise in Leave, to Mox, uh, to all of you. Um, you know, we, 
we have your complete and utter support and backing for what you guys are putting up with. I know that right now things are extremely grim in Ukraine, uh, but uh, hopefully with any luck at all, we'll come to some sort of resolution uh, on the horrible, horrible Russian invasion country. Um, I want to take a quick moment and swing back into the States since we're going to be talking to Cameron and Alyssa today about Florida. Yesterday in the Georgia Senate, the Georgia Senator introduced the Jordan boilerplate legislation for don't say gay, the dual bill. Besides don't say gay, it also bans the teaching of critical race theory in Georgia schools. This uh, bill was written by Republican State Senator Cardin Summers. And the language of the bill pretty much mirrors the language of a version uh, of the House bill that was passed and is now sitting on Florida Governor DeSantis' desk for his signature to become law. Um, it's more or less uh, from the language that I've read and our analysis of it uh, is boilerplate to the Florida law. Um, with the added aspect that this particular state senator decided to add the teaching of critical race theory to Georgia's version. Uh, that wasn't the only state, unfortunately, and sadly, that uh, is in the process of that. Um, on Tuesday, the same day that the Florida law uh, was passed by the Senate and sent to Governor DeSantis for his signature, House Republicans in Tennessee offered up in advance their version of the Don't Say Gay uh, bill out of a Republican majority House committee. It is now going to the full uh, Senate floor for a vote. This particular legislation, House Bill 800, was introduced by State Representative, another Republican, Bruce Gippy. Basically, the language of the bill in Tennessee mirrors the Florida bill. However, it goes a little bit further. It would ban textbooks and instructional materials in Tennessee public schools that promote, normalize, support, or address controversial social issues such as LGBT lifestyles. Note they use the word lifestyles. Unlike the Florida bill, both the Georgia bill and the Tennessee bill target K-12 private and public schools. Now, the Georgia bill is unique because it's specific to the language for private schools. However, in talking to um, the American Civil Liberties Union yesterday, the intent of the Georgia legislation would more or less be the same as Florida's. So even though the language says private schools, it is all-encompassing because in Georgia, the way the bill reads any federal funds, well, public schools get federal funds, so it becomes all-inclusive. Um, okay, Brady, and then, Brady I want to yeah. yeah, ask you, because... I'm getting a little confused here with these bills. So from what you're saying, though, Georgia and Tennessee are not targeting K through 3. They're targeting K through 12. Correct. So this is is not just mirroring. This is enhancing. Um, Well, yeah, it's enhancing. The rest of the language mirrors it, though. Well, right, but the – that is that's usually significant. I mean, that's and I'm not I'm not make, trying to make the Florida bill to be any great shining shining example, but um, taking LGBTQ issues out of a high school yearbook and high school health and 
all of those, those are the times when kids absolutely need to be discussing it head on. Um, so that Agreed. is taking it to another level. Well, it, it gets just a little bit worse than that. A bill uh, that would ban divisive concepts at a college and university level made it out of the South Dakota uh, legislature and has been sent uh, to the anti-LGBT governor, Christine Nome, for her signature. This language of this bill would restrict the promotion of divisive concepts, which would include race, gender, and sexual orientation. Okay. Now, there's something that I need to say. In the conversations that I've had with the American Civil Liberties Union over the last couple of days, the ACLU is telling me that all of this legislation is going to be slated, okay, for legal challenge because it's it's more than just 14th Amendment issues or 10th Amendment issues. It, it literally centers around First Amendment issues. And right. although we're going to be getting into this with Cameron, um, a dear friend of mine uh, who's a retired U.S. Marine Corps gunnery sergeant um, and is every instant <laughs> a Marine, uh, traveled from his home in Key West uh, up to where Cameron goes to school and stood out there with other veterans and protested. And the center of their protest is directly on the First Amendment issues, which the ACLU is telling me, okay, are going to center in uh, on challenging uh, this legislation. Uh, even the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, pointed out uh, in a press briefing yesterday uh, that, you know, these laws are not going to withstand a legal challenge, okay? But see, here's the problem, and, and this is something that we'll talk to Alyssa and Kevin more in depth about. But what happened to Jack, their friend, and, and what happened to Cameron, because he'll tell you he got censored by that idiot school board, this is the real danger here. Yeah, we can have these legal challenges, and yes, we can have the ACLU land the legal, NCLR, and everybody else do the pile-on. But in the interim, there is the real-world chilling effect on these young people, okay? And maybe not a lot of them are as vocal, if you will, as, say, Cameron and Jack and Alyssa or even the Parkland Five, which, you know, I've dealt with after the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. You know, they were the ones that got the entire country fired up. You know, these Gen Zers are an impressive force, but there's still a bunch of their peers that are LGBTQ+, that this kind of nonsense is going to have a chilling effect on them. And worse, while these laws are in effect, if these courts don't issue injunctions, that means that, for example, in the case of Florida, law may, uh, once this thing is signed into law by DeSantis, which will probably happen even as we're on the air later today, maybe tomorrow, some guidance counselor someplace is going to adhere to the letter of the law and out some poor gay kid, and then that gay kid's going to end up a statistic in the Trevor Project's, you know, Annual report of how many people right. kill themselves over this. So there is a real well, world. Well, yeah, it. Oh yeah, the well, the real world effect is going to be vast because it's not only what you just mentioned, but teachers are going to feel oppressed 
on what they talk about and what's allowed to be said. Um, they're going to be, you know, I, I am going to guess that there's going to be a lot of resignations of good teachers because they won't be able to live with that, especially when there's such a threat that they could be taken to court and, um, mm-hmm. you know, all of their finances drained. You know, and, and that's not a small thing. Um, you know, it's like that building that in is actually encouraging parents to do that. And because the law is so vague that 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 is almost a certainty that it'll happen. You know, it's like and it will just being taken to court over a lawsuit, even if, you know, that, that raises legal precedent and all that sort of stuff, it still is a cost to the person being sued. It's like you, yeah. you, unfortunately, just that alone. Um, there are a couple other things. The Florida, from my understanding, is there is another bill going after um, racial discussions as well. So even though oh, it's yeah, included the, in this bill. Let's not make people yeah. uncomfortable, Bill, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so that, that is not done in terms of, of Florida. And um, before we, we pull on the kids here, I do want you to mention what is going on in um, Idaho and them going after oh. trans health care. Yeah, this is this this bill is really pretty crappy. You know, let's say you're the parent of a trans kid that's Cameron or Alyssa's age, sixteen, seventeen, and the kid is in the process of doing hormonal repair. Uh, repair. Hormonal treatment. Therapy. I always get this wrong. Yeah. Therapy, thank you. Um, yeah. That law that was just passed would make it a felony and a life sentence for any doctor, okay, to treat that kid. And it has provisions that would also penalize the parents. Alabama passed a similar statute of what was held up on the Senate floor that would make it a, a class of felony. Okay, the Idaho bill would virtually make it a life sentence, and this is for the doctors, okay, if you want to talk about a chilling effect. Now, granted, that thing's going to get challenged probably even before the ink's dry on it, but this is where we're at. So this is kind of why, uh, you know, and and in talking to Mark yesterday or the day before as he was driving across the state of Florida from the protest, Mark said to me, because I asked him, I said, you know, where are we at with this? And we were talking about a similar bill, and Mark's like, Brody, the kids are all right. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to let anybody erase them. I'm like, okay, that works for me. So, yeah. Well, I have well another joy. <laughs> the kids may not be all right if we leave them on hold much longer. So, um, Oh, that's true, too. They're probably a little bit. Sorry, guys. <laughs> let, 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 let's go ahead and, and rectify that right away. So, um, I would like to welcome to the show um, Alyssa Vidal and uh, Cameron Driggers. Welcome, guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having Thank me on. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> no problem. Hope you didn't fall asleep while we uh, uh, vented on your behalf here. Um, no. No, no worries. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, first of all, you guys are great and, and phenomenal. Um, since Brody kind of already alluded to this and People may not know what he was talking about. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the person who we don't have on the call, which is your friend um, Jack, and what happened with him? 
So um, Jack was oh, you want to take this closer? No, you you got it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um so Jack was like the face of the protest. Um he's done incredible work and I'm so proud of him. He's uh inspired me a lot, uh, to, you know, be a student leader and kind of speak out not only on your own behalf but your peers' behalf. And he was the face of the protest and um because of that he faced the consequences of encouraging um, you know, over 500 students at FBC to walk out of class uh, and, you know, to sh- and proudly show their pride flags and their their pride uh, merchandise. And even though it was pre-approved by administration and then promptly shut down in violation of that agreement, uh, he was um, really proud of what happened, uh, so proud of the turnout and the solidarity from uh, not only members of the community, of the LGBT community, but even, you know, people that weren't in the community, but still showing, you know, their allyship. Um, and he was suspended by our, by our principal, and uh, we were so pleased to see that, you know, thousands of people from not even across Florida, but across the whole country, even around the world, were outraged for him. And the petition that I started got over 70, uh, at this point, it's over 7,500. It might be more at this point, but um, 7,500 people that signed on to a letter of condemnation against Principal Shorts for suspending Jack just because of, you know, him expressing his First Amendment rights and others in, you know, encouraging his other students to do that. Uh, and thankfully, after two and a half days, Principal Shorts did rescind that suspension by Jack back onto campus. And as I understood it, understand it, he apologized to Jack for his actions. Um, what, and I know Jack... Why did he... Yeah, Cameron, why did he just focus on Jack? Why, why weren't, like, you guys also in trouble over... over so, like it? I said, uh, Jack, Jack was the face of the, the protest and the walkout, and he's been the face of uh, protest against our school board in the past. You, you already talked a little bit about our, our uh, the protests that we organized uh, at the, the actual school board itself. So, uh, Jack, I'm sure, is well-known in our community, and especially by, you know, our school district for being a vocal opponent of them when, when it comes to LGBTQ issues. And he was the, the one that kind of what, that spoke to our principal and made the arrangements with him. Um, so, you know, I guess in the eyes of the, of our administration, he was to blame for the whole thing. And when you guys heard, how did you guys hear the news that Jack was being suspended and what was your, um, your immediate reaction to it when you heard it? I mean, even I was a little, I mean, obviously I was disgusted, I was outraged, but I mean, I was even a little surprised to think that our principal would do something so outrageous. You know, I, if I, I imagine the principal just wanted this whole thing to disappear, right, and, you know, just to get through the day and not have to deal with the, the walkout, I guess, from his perspective, but instead he chose to retaliate against Jack and in doing so create a, a national, a, put a national spotlight on FEC for, you know, the Another time, another another incident like this where our, our school has been highlighted for racism and bigotry, and, you know, I just don't know how you would do that. Yeah, um, I felt uh, – sorry, you can go ahead. No, go ahead. No, please. Um, I actually found out by Cameron. Um, he told me <laughs> while we were passing each other in the hallway, and I was – I was shocked because I had just spoken to Principal Schwartz about it. Um, and he was like, oh, yes, I'm just trying to do my job, and I'm, like, trying to keep everything professional and safe for everyone. And I was like, yeah, like, we appreciate you trying to keep everything safe, but you turn around and you just suspend someone from 
for their First Amendment rights for practicing those rights. Yeah, after it seems more like his job agreeing was to, to keep... not do that. <laughs> yeah, it seems right, like his job yeah, was more yeah. appeasing the bigots in our community than it was to keep students yeah. safe. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, guys, what you know? Uh, obviously, the the turnout, obviously the walkout, um, shows a, a huge indication of what your peers, the other kids in school, are feeling about this. What are people? What are kids saying? about this law that's going through. I mean, you're obviously you're much older than, um, you know, the elementary school kids that it's directly targeting, but it's not that long ago when you guys can remember when you were in elementary school. Um, what, right. what, what effect do you personally feel this is going to have? Um, so I mean, personally, okay, go ahead, Alyssa. I, um, I was in elementary school trying to figure out my sexuality myself. I always knew that there was something different about me. So it's not like it's it's so crazy or insane to think that elementary schoolers are thinking like, oh, like there's something different about me. What is it? I didn't figure this out until like fifth grade. I didn't even know gay people existed until fifth grade because I was like that. I wasn't exposed to that. So I think by sheltering children, it's, it really puts like a mental damper on them when you're trying to figure out why am I so different from my friends? Why are they thinking like this? Why are they talking like this? And I'm not like, I just don't feel those. It makes you feel like an outcast kind of. And I just, right. I don't think that any elementary schooler deserves to feel like that or anyone deserves right. to feel like that. I was in the same boat as Alyssa. I mean, I had known I was gay since elementary school as well. And I mean, I, I've heard people, you know, supporters of the bill, lawmakers said that, you know, when they were in elementary school, they didn't think about stuff like that. But I just think that's a really privileged point of view um, because, I mean, it's from my personal experience. People in the LGBT community, you know, know that, like Alyssa said, know there's something different with them from a very young age. And the longer you wait before you're, you know, told what it is and told that it's okay and that you shouldn't, you know, be worried about who you are, I think that's that sooner the better. And the, this, the bill that just passed would, you know, make that, that would basically make it so much longer until it's even allowed to be spoken about. Yeah, no, absolutely. In fact, I'm going to say something a little bit outrageous. I think the people like that legislature or whatever says that he didn't think about things like that, I think he, he's got a dirty mind, quite frankly, because it's, yeah. not, oh, it's not, absolutely. not that you think about that. It's how you think about that. And are are kids having outrageous sexual fantasies? No, but um, you know when my kids started preschool, there certainly were dolls and books about Cinderella finding her prince and you know Sleeping right. Beauty and and all that. And I mean that's just blatant heterosexuality. You know, yeah. it's like um, exactly. You know, it's, right. So it it just you know it's like the the demification or de- demonizing of gay kids because they're feeling things and feeling romantic towards the same gender, you know, it's the same deal. It's like it's um, – anyway, preaching to the choir a little bit on that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, did you – when you guys were in elementary school, did you have any LGBTQ role models that you knew of at all? Alyssa, you just said you didn't even know about it until fifth grade, that it was a thing. 
<laughs> yeah, no. Um, actually, it was when I moved. I moved from another city to the city that I currently live in, and um, I figured out because my best friend had gay parents, so I figured out through my best friend and their family. So those right, are my and that, that, that would be illegal under this bill to talk about yeah. that. Which and that's that's what really frosts me because my kids were that family and it's you know that's that isn't that isn't not talking about an issue that is actually erasure of people um but yes. was, going back to that that family what did it mean to you to see them i mean what what was the effect of of being exposed to oh the this this family is had by two people of the same sex it was it was really comforting because it was kind of like a click in my mind like oh like I don't have to marry a man and have this um, this storybook, whatever, storybook fantasy, I suppose you'd call it, um, that I can marry a woman and be happy with my life as that was modeled through their marriage. And it was just very comforting to realize, like, oh, my goodness, there are actually more people out there like me who feel the same way towards the same gender. Yeah, um, I think it's kind of important talk- to say something too here, Rob. If you don't mind my yeah, interjecting, one of the one of the sure. things that um, I think is important, and and Alyssa, you and and Cameron both um, are part of I think a, a higher level of awareness among your generation in particular. As I mentioned when Rob and I were talking earlier in the show about the Parkland kids that I interviewed after the massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, you know, those kids banded together and, and they put together the March for Our Lives and the whole gun control, and we're talking hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people got involved. And I think it's because of that awareness, the same awareness that you two have. I need to note for you and for Rob, I spoke to my colleagues at the Orlando Sentinel and the Miami Herald, which are two of the biggest news organizations or newspapers in the state of Florida, you guys' high school had the highest body count of kids out there. You you guys That's literally awesome. blew the charts off of participants. So congratulations, you two. Honestly, that's Jack. really surprising to hear because we're, we're in a very conservative part of Florida, too. So, I mean, I think yeah. that's well, the fact amazing. that you guys did that, and in a conservative part of Florida, speaks volumes as to your generation kind of drawing a line and saying, no, here and no further. People are people. Love is love. Humans are humans. Right. Okay. That's, in critical, that's of critical import, you know, to me at any rate. Anyway, Rob? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I want to switch gears a little bit with you guys because I know this isn't really the only issue on, on your uh, scope. Um, take us to the school board and the, what, what has been happening there in your efforts um, to, quite frankly, recall them. Um, that was like a, one of the first projects we kind of committed to, and that's actually where Recall FSB, or Recall FCSB originated from, and it was from the, the school board actively targeting literature that was you know, centered around the experiences of people of color and people within the LGBTQ plus community. Um, our school board members uh, are, you know, quite infamous in our community, especially 
Mm-hmm. Uh, then Chairman Janet McDonald, she was, I mean, if you look at her Twitter page, it's just a collection. <laughs> she looks like a lunatic. Just, you know, COVID is it's a fire. all this stuff, you know, it, it, it's easy. She, she said this. She said it's easier to come out. It's easy. It's easier to come out as gay than to come out as a Trump supporter. And that was from the chair, the chairwoman of our, our school board. And then uh, she got a new friend um, in one of the local elections recently, which was Joe Bolbright, who was actually a, a lot. I know a lot of people that were um, her her students a couple of years ago in elementary school, and they never would have guessed that she would turn out to be so hateful, but she did. And she, they they think very much. They're very much aligned on. Uh, their social conservatism and bigotry, and she actually filed a police report against uh, librarians in our county uh, for basically having this, these books in their in their libraries. That and I mean, and these are like award-winning books. They're 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 they've right. been denoted for having educational value and uplifting the lives of so many people that finally feel like recognized and and can relate to it. And she thought that was a criminal thing. She thought it was distributing child pornography, which just speaks to her unimaginable privilege and this warped worldview. And um, we said we staged a protest outside the school board, uh, which got national attention, not only because of, you know, the turnout and how amazing that, you know, the solidarity was, but unfortunately because um, the one percenters, uh, a registered hate group with the FBI and one of the biggest uh, contributing groups to the uh, January 6th insurrection showed up to support Wilbright um, and McDonald and, harassed students. We were called slurs throughout the night. We were uh, sexually threatened. It was it was honestly just disgusting. Um, oh, my God. And, and to our cars. People. Right. We actually had to be escorted by the police to our cars that night. And they, they, sh- they showed up to intimidate us. And following that night and after we each gave our speeches, um, which was a great experience, by the way, I, it's great to look these people right in their eye and, you know, tell them yes. how horrible they are, and they 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 don't they're too scared to respond, of course. But absolutely, you know, um, after that they wouldn't even they wouldn't even pass a resolution that condemned the hatred and the targeting of students that night. It's just it's it's honestly it's, it's reprehensible. Our school board, it's, you you you'd be so surprised to how how low our elected officials can stoop, especially the ones that are entrusted with the care of students and children. I no, I, I I would agree that I would be surprised. Maybe I wouldn't be surprised, but it's shocking every every step of it. I mean, I've kind of <laughs> I've kind of adopted a little bit of a cynical uh, uh, viewpoint that I I'm almost put nothing past them at this point. Um, let me ask you guys some weird. This is going to be you know from the bizarro um, set of questions that I have uh, for you guys because out in California. You're, um, we, we actually have a push to include more LGBTQ history um, in school curriculums, and it, it's a slow <laughs> process of getting it integrated in there, but that is kind of the direction. But um, That'd be nice. in your school teaching and all that, um, do you guys, have you been taught who Harvey Milk is, who Matthew Shepard is, you know, what happened at Stonewall? No. Nope. Actually, no, we have to learn on our fire. Uh, yeah, we have to learn um, kind of about, about Stonewall on our on our own time. That's not really a right. sort of standard or something that our teachers talk about unless we yeah, absolutely talk about it. And how well we still learn that slavery was a benevolent thing. So I, 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 we certainly aren't being taught <laughs> that. 
<laughs> Good point. <laughs> we're, we're, we're still at the happy, happy, grateful slaves. Um, uh, okay, that right. uh, Cameron, you, you, you really are. Yeah, you. Yeah, you you zinged. <laughs> that 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 put it all in perspective. <laughs> Good job, Cam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that I actually had a follow-up That's question. Reality. Now, Cameron, you, yeah, yeah, you you knocked it out. Um, so, do you do you feel like what is in your peers, even the people who are not like you know in a in a I'm going to say in the the more progressive side of your your um, your other fellow students, um, are other people are they completely oblivious to all of that, or is this something where the older generation thinks they're actually making something happen when you guys are actually finding stuff out through YouTube and TikTok and and all that on your own, and you know we're just spinning wheels. Yeah. The, the older generation definitely uh, thinks they're protecting us from the so-called evils of the world, but we find this out throughout, throughout high school. I mean, most people our age have full access to the internet and we all know what, what you can find there. So there's really, there's really no protecting us or shielding us. If, I mean, not uh, that we need to any be shielded or protected. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's finally amusing. Just, it's, uh, that generation is all about you know how our generation is so sensitive and we're snowflakes, but you know just the idea of two men or two women living their lives together is so repulsive and you know triggering that they have to make a law banning it. I mean, can you imagine if it, if there was a law uh, saying you can't talk about heterosexual sex? I mean, it's just absurd. They refuse to reverse the roles. And it's it that really speaks volumes. Yes. Yeah. It. I mean, I, I have to say one of the things that we were talking about what was shocking and and all that was when I heard the video of uh, one of the Florida legislators standing up and saying, you know, well, sexual orientation changes, and um, she shared about a transgender friend yeah. of hers who, uh, she was a transgender woman, who. Um, was still attracted to women, and she found that meaning that it, it hadn't worked. I mean, she showed just this incredible ignorance in terms of gender and and sexual orientation. Um, what what was the buzz about that in like with with um, the kids you knew? That senator. Uh, I think a fun fact about that senator you're speaking of, she actually only won her election by 34 votes, and uh. in part because her, the, her, the GOP in her, in her district hired an independent candidate with the same name as a Democratic incumbent to run and siphoned 6,000 votes. So I just wanted to point that out there, that you know, she won with real-life election fraud. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, uh. it's horrifically ignorant. I mean, I watched that to, to, think, to say that being gay isn't permanent. <laughs> This shows a resounding ignorance in, from the people that are supposed to be representing us. I mean, and, that, and unfortunately, that, that is a big part of the electorate, uh, the voting electorate in Florida, a uh, people people that, mm-hmm. that believe that being gay is a, tr- a choice 
and, and maybe, and I think that's a testament to how much we need to educate our youth about being gay to, you know, to, to, to battle these misconceptions and these myths that people would choose. I, I, I mean, I think simple common sense would tell you people wouldn't choose to live a lifestyle where they would be targeted and, and be victims of hate crimes and all this. I think common sense tells you that, but if, if not, I think we should be in, in our educational places should be telling students about the real world and, let, and that people, it's okay if people look different than them or, or live differently than them. And if that was the case, maybe we wouldn't, we wouldn't have such an ignorant bunch of lawmakers in place. I, I agree with you because I'm hearing things that I haven't heard for 10 years. I'm hearing this stuff right. kind of going, going oh my God, didn't, yeah, didn't, didn't we get over this um, when marriage equality came through? I mean, what, you know, what, why are we um, reverting back? Um, guys, I want to switch this over a little bit and um, bring Brody back in on um, what has been happening with Disney. And um, we do want uh-huh. to get your feedback on that. Uh, but, Brody, go ahead and tell us what happened with Disney and um, their CEO. Well, the, uh, the Disney CEO um, had initially declined to uh, get involved at all. Um, the, Bob Chappick is his name. And he had essentially held out saying that the corporation uh, should not engage in this sort of thing. Uh, he initially said that the media conglomerate was opposed to the bill from the outset. Um, but the problem was is once we had other journalists start diving into this thing, you know, a lot of the money going to people like, you know, the lawmaker who was so clueless thinking that, you know, being gay is something that you put on like a pair of jeans and if you don't like them, take them off later, um, was dumping money in there. And so what ended up happening was, Disney came under tremendous uh, pressure, uh, you know, and finally during the uh, annual shareholder uh, meeting over the weekend, Chappick and a good deal of the board of Disney caught a lot of flack. Uh, so on Monday, uh, Chappick issued a memo saying that he would donate in Disney's name $5 million to organizations uh, that are working to protect LGBTQ rights, including the human rights campaign. And then he called Florida Governor uh, DeSantis. Now, we have verification from sources in Tallahassee that he did, in fact, speak with the governor and that the governor was immobile on it, was not changing his mind. Um, however, Chappick said that the governor heard our concerns and agreed to meet with me and members of our senior team to discuss ways uh, to address them. Um, the problem is it was a little too late. And um, it was actually too little. Uh, This morning, the Human Rights Campaign announced that they are not going to accept any money from Disney until Disney launches a full-throated defense of LGBTQ people. Now, keeping in mind, the number one industry in the state of Florida is tourism. And the number one corporation for driving tourism is the Walt Disney Company, for very obvious reasons. Number two are the right. cruise lines. But number one is Disney itself. So right. the, the, the thing that's going now on the ground is, okay, that, you know, DeSantis' spokesperson told my colleague Chris Johnson at the Washington Blade, and I'm going to quote, this is DeSantis' spokesperson, who, by the way, I'll let Cameron describe her tweet over the weekend about pedophiles. But Cameron, you can have that one. 
But this spokesperson told my colleague in Washington, the same Florida parents who take their families to Disney also support parental rights in education because they do not want their children exposed to inappropriate context about sex and gender theory at school. Okay. Disney is now on a hot seat. So we're probably going to see a lot more pushback on Disney itself. But the reason I brought up the DeSantis the spokesperson, and I'll let Cameron have fun with this one, is a rather clueless tweet over the weekend when she was asked about the Don't Say Gay bill, which the governor's due to sign. Cameron? Right. Uh, so Christina Pushaw, so she asserted that supporters or uh, opponents of the Don't Say Gay bill are actually groomers and, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. accomplices of pedophilia for wanting, uh, you know, gay people not to be erased in public schools. I mean, I, I kind of took that as a projection of sorts that, I, I mean, it looks like, it seems like she's the one that's so concerned about, you know, sex, uh, the sexuality of young people that she wants to police them. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it, it, it read terribly. I, I just, it, it really shocks me that someone's so blissfully ignorant. And, I mean, I don't know if she's, I don't know if she's just acting stupid, if she really is stupid to to appease her base, but I mean, it it was it was something. I mean, it was hard to read. Yeah, I I would say there there is a uh, method to her madness because what what she's trying to position it is that if you have any issue with this, that um, that let me back up. What she's trying to imply is that any discussion of sexuality has to be sexually graphic in nature. That is what she's trying to attack so that it sounds like this is just a bill to keep non-sexually explicit conversation from happening. We know that hey, you know, could, based uh, on what oh, – go ahead, yeah. I was going to say, uh, like as you were saying, you know that that's the that's the narrative they're going with. This is just a bill about, you know, making things age appropriate. But there actually was an amendment to the bill in the Florida House that would have made this bill strictly about, you know, restricting all sorts of sexuality, not specifically targeting LGBT sexuality orientation. But of course, that bill was rejected. So I mean, that is tantamount to an admission by the Florida GOP that this bill is about erasing. Queer people, and, specific, uh, and, and, and specifically erasing queer people. And I've actually I've mentioned that to a few of my friends who were, uh, you know, playing devil's advocate and saying maybe this still really is just about, you know, making K-3 education, you know, appropriate. But, I mean, once you add that in there, that this, the, the Republicans rejected the amendment where I would have done exactly that and chose to run with a bill that is specifically targeting LGBTQ people, I mean, that, that, changed, that changes mine. So I just wanted to add that in there. Yeah, no, I, that's that's exactly the point. Is they're lying, you know, they're lying, right. and and her her positioning was to perpetuate the lie that this is is somehow just you know keeping things you know decent, and it isn't. It is you know it it is it is erasing things that you know from the heterosexual perspective are completely benign. Um, no heterosexual is trying to get the idea of not talking about romantic things to kids. They they talk about them all the time. You know, um, no, kids from, are, are. Go ahead. Yes, uh, from a very young age, uh, 
I feel um, heterosexuality is pushed onto children. You see onesies on um, babies like, oh, um, I'm for the ladies or something like that. Like, it's just constantly people reinforcing this heterosexual idea and relationships onto children, but then turn around and when the same thing is happening to LGBT children or something, they're like, oh, apparently it's it's inappropriate at this point, but you can force that onto your child, you know? Like when mothers are pushing their, their sons, like, oh, yes, my son gets all the girls. Look at him. He's so, he's so pretty and he's so handsome. He attracts all the ladies. But they turn around yeah. and demonize and sexualize LGBT youth who don't do that. No, exactly, exactly. And that isn't even even stepping into the area that where it's really serious, which is um, a lot of transgender people, a lot of transgender kids are aware of their dysphoria at age three and four and are expressing it. Because, you know, to what we were just talking about, not only is heterosexuality in its most romantic and romanticized form put upon kids, but certainly gender roles are absolutely dictated to kids. And these kids who are not okay with that and who, who are fighting it because that isn't who they truly internally identify with, even at that age, um, not to be able to address that is, has been demonstrated as being life-threatening to these kids as they get older. So there's, there's a lot of real darkness um, to this and, and what, what you guys are fighting. Um, where, where do you guys see it going from here? You guys are, are in the, the, the heart of it. You've got um, you know, a state that has got voter suppression going on, you, you know, this bill is likely to become law. Um, what, what are you guys thinking in terms of the, the feet on the street? What, what is your next steps? I, I mean, first uh, of all, I think we're just – oh, if you want to go, let's go ahead. You go ahead. Okay, I, I was going to say, I think first of all, we just want to recoup after, you know, the dramatic events of just the last week. Um, but ahead of time, we, I think we, we obviously want to keep kids mobilized. We don't want to, you know, lose the momentum that we have and the attention on this issue. Um, I know Jack has been working with a lot of big organizations, which is incredible. And um, I'm sure I, uh, what I've heard is that, you know, there's some events planned for Pride Month that, um, you know, we're going to keep the ball rolling and, you know, keep our peers ready to, you know, ready to fight up, ready to stand up for themselves, ready to fight our school board and, and our school board from time to time and, you know, creates controversy on all on its own that I'm sure we'll be quick to respond to. Um, other than that, I mean, I think it's just maintaining the awareness and the uh, participation from our student body that we already have. Um, also, setting up a kind of an underground support system for uh, LGBT kids, letting yeah. them know that, hey, even though you cannot go and talk about it to your teachers in school and everything, we're still here out here for you. Um, you know, feel free to reach out so kids still have a safe space. I think that's really important is to create a space where people can learn and talk, even if it's not in school. And I also and, and I, add just to, 
just to keep our administration, ahead, just to hold them accountable for their, their actions on, the, on a daily basis. And when we are, when, you know, the news says we're fighting our school, but in reality, it's not, it's not the educators. We've had just amazing support from our teachers. Um, obviously, they've been instructed not to comment or in fear, and I'm sure they are in fear of retaliation, which has happened repeatedly in our district. But we actually saw a lot of our teachers um, presenting the, the pride flags that were confiscated on Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. just presenting them in their classroom as a form of a silent protest, which I think is great to see. But, you know, I think the role that we play as students is to keep our um, administration accountable. And because, of, you know, the amazing people I've met, like Brody and, and yourself, Rob, you know, be able to have outlets to, to you know, report report their conduct is, is just an incredible gift in of itself. Uh, if, if, this, if this story hadn't picked up, there's a good chance that Jack would still be suspended right now. Right. Right. No, absolutely. Um, what have you guys uh, talked to teachers who have any teachers admitted to you that they're scared? Um, yes. yes, I actually I have. have spoken with a few of them who are are a little scared of this because they do have a lot of um, queer youth who come and talk to them and discuss this. And it's a there's discussions in their classroom. And I, I don't think that teachers should have to feel like that. Um, they shouldn't feel like their jobs are at risk for helping children find themselves and ex- accept themselves. Yeah, there certainly is a, a lot of tension in our school between the educators and the administration, you know, for a number of reasons, especially the, how Principal Schwartz handled the situation with Jack. I, I heard anonymously from many teachers that they were disgusted with that, just as disgusted as, you know, the students were. Um, and, like, uh, the, the, uh, the police report that Wilbright filed a few months ago is a perfect example of why teachers are, are scared. I mean, they filed a police report on, on employees of their own district just for having these books that you know, feature LGBTQ themes and, and people, uh, themes related to people of color. So I, I definitely, there are people that our, or our educators are scared. It's, it's just, it is so mind-boggling. Because, guys, one of the, the last times I discussed a situation like this was when Russia passed their, you know, don't say gay legislation and um, censorship of, of promoting, quote, unquote, being gay. And it just, I come from a generation where, you know, if Russia did something bad, we don't the want U.S. To... was certainly, yeah, yeah, the land of the free, you know. Maybe we're not so different um, yeah. after all. So, <laughs> we shouldn't be following Russia. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys are absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm a big fan of both of you and everything you're doing and believe in you absolutely and completely. Um, so kudos on that. And you guys coming on today has been just a real pleasure. And, um, you know, lots of love and support coming your way. We're doing everything we can to support you. Um, we've only got uh, like three minutes left. What What are your final words on this? Uh, Cameron, if you want I, to go first. Um, yes, go ahead. Um, so I just want to, anyone, any, anyone who's listening to feel like they don't have a safe space to talk to anyone, um, please reach out. Feel free to reach out or DM us on Instagram at recall uh, SCSB or my personal Instagram is Alyssa.Vidal. 
I will be here to talk to you and everything. Um, just please, do, please do not stay silent. And to everyone who has the power to speak out, continue speaking out and continue to fight because this is a fight that we will and we have to win. Um, and I would just say the 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 biggest lie that anyone can tell you, uh, especially to our generation, is that you know we 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 are insignificant and you know not one one person can't change anything. But I mean the truth can, is nothing but is not it couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, once you stand up and you inspire others to stand up, that's how that's how change happens. That whole walkout started with with Jack. I mean he he gave us that idea and. You know, even we admitted, you know, maybe a couple double kids, a couple dozen kids would, would attend, and then said it, it it transformed into a statewide protest with thousands of kids that you know made national news. So I think that tells you everything you you know you need to know. You just it just takes one person to stand up and be willing to, you know, stand up for themselves and for their their friends and their peers. So I have a brief well, thing to interject, Cameron and, and Alyssa, on behalf of the publishers, myself, and the staff of the Los Angeles Blade and our sister publication, the publisher and editor of the Washington Blade. We would like to take an opportunity to thank you both for standing up for your rights and for everyone's rights. So speaking on behalf of the Blades, thank you. Thank you, Brody. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys from the bottom of our hearts and keep fighting because I hate to say it, but it's only just begun. And uh, my faith is in you um, because you're both incredible. And just know that. Know how incredible you are. Um, and that will, will take you forward. But you have important work ahead of you. And, and I really appreciate everything you've done so far. Um, but it's going to be a battle to, to, to win this. But we will. And you will. Because this is going to be your world. You know, we'll all be gone. And you guys will be left with the remnants of this. And I think you already know that, but, you know, in case you, in case you forgot. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you for coming on today. Um, we, we love and adore you. I want to thank Brody for his work and especially his contribution as the editor of the Los Angeles Blade. You can find that at www.losangelesblade.com. Read it every single day. And thank you for listening to us. Please tell all your friends and neighbors and even your closest enemies to subscribe. Um, we will be back again next week with an incredible show. I have no idea. No, actually, I do know what it is, but, and it is going to be incredible. So, yeah, I do have a heads up this week. Um, but anyway, it's going to be great. Be sure you tune in um, and support the kids in Florida they need it, and um, as well as the other states. We have to fight this nonsense back. For those of us at Rated LGBT Radio, have a great week, and we will talk to you again very, very soon. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio. <laughs> <laughs>